Where to next podcast, season one, episode three. Hi there, I'm Angelica, your host and producer, and welcome aboard to our monthly podcast, Where to Next, brought to you by the Office of International Safety and Security here at Kennesaw State University. In this space, we talk about all things student travel, from what to pack to navigating identity while abroad. So fasten your seatbelts, all of you globetrotters and adventure seekers, as we prepare for takeoff. Hey there, listeners. Welcome back to another episode. We hope you've been doing well. For this month's episode, we're going to be talking about mental health, something that's been getting highlighted more so during this year with everything that's been going on, the pandemic, social unrest. But here at the Office of International Safety and Security, we like to approach our field holistically, meaning, yes, we are monitoring events around the globe and training and briefing our students and faculty on physical safety, as well as emergency protocols and so on and so forth. But with us being travelers, we know that a lot of how the international experience is carried out is based on the state of one's mind and how one is actively managing their mental health during an experience. So today's episode will be a little bit different. It'll be a one-on-one conversation between Erin and I. Erin, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you, as we're heading into the holidays and this holiday season is going to be a little bit different for many people. So I think this is a very timely discussion and I'm ready to dive in and hear more about mental health for coping with travel, but also just in general. How about yourself? How are you doing? I'm doing really well. I mean, the weather is great. I'm really enjoying this fall weather. And like you said, this season's going to look a little bit different, um, but I don't I don't doubt that it'll still be special, especially if we apply what we are going to be talking about today with our mental health and our self-care tactics and tips. Absolutely. (laughs) But let's go ahead and get started. Uh, One thing that our office continuously stresses with our KSU travelers is preparation. Preparation is key, and we both know this, especially with us being travelers, but a lot of the legwork can be done before you actually travel to make it easier once you're actually there. Without a doubt. I think if we've said it once, we've said it a thousand times on this podcast, research. Do your research on the front end, and that will save you so much time and energy and stress when you get there. Exactly. I agree. I think When it comes to research, researching two things is really important. The first thing, the country that you'll be traveling to. So for example, uh, the language, uh, different culture and how they might act in certain situations, the food, just in case you might have food allergies and you might want to avoid certain things, definitely local laws, customs, things of that nature. But the second thing, you might wanna do a quote unquote research project on yourself and really getting to know yourself. One way to anticipate how you might react in certain situations is to get a a better idea of the environment that you will be in, which is the host country, and also how you react to certain things now, currently. Yes, oh, I I can't agree more. 
Oracle of Delphi, know thyself. It's very important to take inventory and figure out where you're at, what potential triggers are if you have any, and think proactively about how you can manage that when you go into a new environment. And just thinking about times in the past where maybe you had to be a bit more self-reliant and what worked for you in those times, how did you cope? And thinking proactively to try and make a list of things, activities, you know, figure out if you need to build a support system, build in, um, as we're going to talk about later, you know, different check-ins and things of that nature. So um, definitely knowing yourself is just as important as knowing the place that you're going to be traveling to. Right. And you touched on this with a support system and a form of that is can be friends and family. Definitely go ahead, our KSU travelers, go ahead and establish and strengthen those relationships so that you can have that support system both while you're here and when you go abroad. Um, and we talked about in our last episode, the social media episode, different platforms that we can use in different messaging apps. We mentioned WhatsApp, uh, Messenger, what else? Oh, there were so many. Yes, there were. Um, <laughs> we talked about, uh, goodness, um, Twitter, LinkedIn, all of those things that there are so many to choose from. Just find the one that feels right to you and, um, you know, you can still stay connected. That's the beauty of our increasingly global world and the beauty of the technology that we have is that you can still keep in touch and not just with family and friends, but also with some of those professional resources. We've seen with the rise of telehealth uh, in large part due to the current situation in the pandemic, but it, I don't foresee that going necessarily anywhere in the future now that we've had this period where everyone's adjusted to it, they've become comfortable using this technology, and it really is just going to be ubiquitous and probably will, going forward, just complement the traditional in-person services that we've seen. So definitely, if you are planning to travel abroad and you do have regular counseling sessions before you go, definitely ask your provider, hey, do you offer any telehealth services that I could avail myself to while I'm in country? Is there a way that I can check in? Even if there's not necessarily a way that your preferred provider can help you, trying to figure out, is there someone that they know or could refer to some service that they're aware of, some app that they know of, or a, even a crisis line for if you do need to make a phone call, you know, in, in a one-off situation, um, ask ahead of time so that you have that information as well. And then there's also on our end, we have CISI, which we'll talk about as we go further that you can, you can use as well. Um, but definitely if you have that relationship with a counselor with a mental health specialist, and you are able to keep that relationship active while you're traveling, by all means, please do so. Very well said. Very well said, Erin. And you mentioned of uh, our insurance. So our uh, university supplemental travel insurance, we use CISI, which is Cultural Insurance Services International. And it's available for our students, for our faculty, for our business travelers. So you can go on our website and get more information on that. But speaking of having a telehealth and also seeing if your current healthcare provider can recommend someone, 
if you are looking to continue uh, any kind of services that you're doing here in the States, but you would like to continue it abroad, CISI actually has a database of different healthcare providers within the region that you could be traveling to. So all you would have to do is enroll, log in, and you can type in the country that you're traveling to and it will list the different providers uh, that are in the region. And there's also information such as the contact information, um, what, who the doctor is, what they specialize in. It's a good resource. I feel like it might be a little bit underutilized. So hopefully this will get people to searching more and exploring CISI as a, uh, a tool, a resource. Yes. And of course, if it is overwhelming, if you don't know where to start, you can always either call us or you can call the CISI number and they will be able to walk you through it. I know in the moment, sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming to try and learn a new platform. Just call, reach out. Um, that's it, it's sometimes the hardest thing is to just take that first step and, and reach out to someone, but there are many people here willing and, and able to help you to make it as simple as possible to get you connected. Yes. Don't be afraid. We're here. We are literally <laughs> here for you. So, <laughs> And when it comes to different medications that our students or our faculty or travelers in general, they might be taking, it's good to make a plan and it's good to really sit down with yourself and figure out step-by-step step how if you are currently taking medications, how you would be able to continue that same routine while abroad. There are certain limitations or legalities that go into taking medications while abroad. Some countries might have a different dosage level. They might permit a different dosage coming into the country or that you can use or that is prescribed. So one tip that we would like to offer is definitely keep your prescription on hand, uh, especially while you're traveling, but also doing that, like we said, that legwork, that, that extra research and seeing what all medications are permitted in the country and possibly what different brands you could take while you're in the country. So you might be taking something here, but they might not have it in the country that you're traveling to, but it might be a different brand. Uh, just talk with your doctor. They would be able to uh, further assist you in that. But that's one thing to keep in mind, especially when you're traveling, because you don't want to get stopped at the airport. <laughs> yes. Um, unfortunately, we do have, there are a few countries that are, are particularly notorious for that. Um, Japan and particular has some uh, problems with uh, mm -hmm. allowing controlled substances and um, narcotics and amphetamines that in the U.S. may be, you know, they're, they're fine. They're found in, in prescription medications, but trying to import those into certain countries can cause for legal issues and sometimes detention. And um, so just making sure that on the front end, you are first finding out if exactly what Angelica, you just said, find out if it's legal and if it is not, talk with your doctor to see if there is some alternative medication that you can gradually switch to prior to your departure so that you have enough time to ascertain how your body will respond and figure out, is this working? Is this the right dosage for me? Get used to that medication first before you actually travel. And then suddenly you're switching and that can cause some, some problems on top of being in a new environment and already dealing with things like you know, culture shock, as well as you know, just jet lag. Um, so doing that earlier is very much uh, preferable and <laughs> sets you up for success, but also looking at if it is a prescription medication, 
are there specific forms that you need to fill out ahead of time and governmental approvals that you need to obtain in order to take the supply that you need with you into a country. A lot of locations have a 30 day limit on the supplies of medications that you can bring in. So you may have to fill out a special document. I'm gonna pick on Japan again, Yakan <laughs> Shomei. If you're bringing in more than 30 days supply of prescription medication, you're probably gonna to have to go through a pretty long process of filling out some paperwork and sending it to their Ministry of Health and getting it approved before you go and can bring your supplies with you. You mentioned before adjustment, making sure your body can adjust uh, within the time period. Talking with your doctor and making sure that you understand the time change. If it's a smaller time change, if it's just like, you know, two or three hours, you can keep a better track of that. But if you're going across the country like Japan or Korea or China, definitely make sure that you have a timer with you, you have your phone or whatever you can use to make sure that you know when uh, to take your medications and keeping with that routine. And that is also a fantastic point. You just made the association there as well with, um, with, with timing, but with math in general, mm-hmm. um, understanding that dosages vary and know what the equivalency, not, not only in terms of what the medication is actually called, but the equivalent dosage, if it's only sold in a different you know, amount, if it's only sold in, you know, a smaller size and you maybe need to take twice as much or two times as many pills or something like that to get the exact same dosage as you would normally be taking had you, you know, purchased it in the United States, um, making sure you're aware of that as well. Well, we talked about preparation, which is a good bit of the legwork that you'll have to be doing. But let's talk about when you're actually there, because that's when things get real. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) So we here being in the U.S. or wherever home is for you, you're in a comfort zone. You know what to expect pretty much day by day. And you're kind of in a autopilot mode, if you will. But when you place yourself in a new environment, you can anticipate how you might react, how you might behave. But in general, it's pretty new to you. So you don't really know what to expect. Yes. And I will say, you know, definitely growth happens outside of one's comfort zone. So don't be afraid of stepping outside of your comfort zone. Um, that's, that's how we evolve. That's how we gain all these new experiences and we meet new people. And uh, that's where the good stuff happens. But also understand what your limits are and when you're pushing it too far and then have some identified maybe routines or some sort of activity that you know you can return to to find that center to balance things out that gives you a bit of a sense of of stability returns you a little bit to that comfort zone for a minute so you can recharge your batteries or whatever you need to do so that you can then have that ability to go back out once more and expand yourself expand your horizons it's a balance wanting to expand more like you said and try new things and gain a new perspective but also having that stability having that foundation to go back to uh, to make sure like you can rest and recharge your batteries and I one way to do this is to do, you know, self-check-ins. You can identify the certain emotions that you might be feeling, identifying that and also being able to evaluate it objectively. It's okay to feel certain things. When you're in a new environment, it's normal, it's expected. So approaching your emotions with 
in a judgment-free zone um, objectively that will set you up for success when it comes to stepping forward to getting that new perspective and getting that sort of emotional agility. Yes. Give yourself permission. Mm -hmm. When you go on a new adventure like this, when you're in a new culture, there's going to be highs and they, they can be pretty high and there are going (laughs) to be lows. That's the natural cycle of things. It's not always going to be, you know, sunshine and, and roses. Sometimes you're going to feel in your feelings and taking that moment to appreciate where you're at, to respect it and, you know, feel what you feel. But then once you've felt it, figure out how to get yourself back to being able to operate at a hundred percent. With doing these self check-ins, it's important that you're noticing certain things as far as adjustment goes. These highs and these lows can be intensified, if you will, because yes. you're it's very hypersensitive for you. And so being able to recognize and fall back on certain markers as far as adjustment goes. Uh, And we actually talked about this, Erin, you hosted a a presentation with our counseling and psychological services here at KSU. Also plug, KSU has a (laughs) psychological and counseling services. So if you would like to get more information on well-being and mental health, they are definitely the people to go to. But going back to the presentation we had for our International Education Week, Erin, you had the chance to host uh, Dr. Jenny Chang. She was able to uh, talk more about mental health abroad in the specific context of studying abroad. And we can actually phase two what she said about the different levels of adjustments and being able to uh, recognize these signs. So let's go ahead and see what she has to say. Yeah, sounds great. Thank you. Um, So some of these are signs of adjustment issues or depression. Um, Depressed mood or irritability, diminished interest in almost all activities. So diminished interest in some activities doesn't really count because um, adjustment issues or depression issues really affects a person in all aspects in terms of the types of activities they want to do. It almost like um, pretty much like across the board, they would not be interested in anything at all um, when they're having issues adjusting or ha- experiencing depression. Fatigue or loss of energy is something that some people experience as well. Um, it's sort of a, a different form and manifestation of um, depression or adjustment issues is energy level. Um, feeling tired a lot very frequently, um, losing, just feeling like you have very little energy. Um, And related to that sometimes is um, a significant increase or decrease in appetite or weight. Um, And this is of course over time. Um, And another sign of adjustment issues is trouble sleeping or sleeping a lot, uh, more than usual. Um, Agitation and lethargy are um, other like um, um, signs or symptoms. Um, Lethargy uh, is very similar to fatigue or feeling low energy. Agitation just feel is more like irritability. Diminish ability to concentrate or feeling indecisive about pretty much everything is another sign of some adjustment issues, especially all of these symptoms. If somebody has never experienced them before and they started experiencing them after going into a study approval program, that's particularly significant. Um, but sometimes these symptoms, like for example, like I was mentioning earlier, people have pre-existing mental health issues 
um, they can carry some of these same type of symptoms into a host culture as well. So, um, so, but these are still things to pay attention to. Social withdrawal is actually a pretty big one. Apparently there's a bit of research showing that social withdrawal is a very common event uh, for study abroad students who have, you know, experience, uh, have had, are having a, a, a really hard time um, in the host culture and in the study abroad program. So um, for whatever reason, that seems to be a very common sign. Um, couldn't have said it better. Jenny listed those points. So if you find that you might not be getting enough sleep or uh, you might be kind of uh, retracting in and not socializing with your peers, it's something to note, especially if it's happening continuously. That is a pattern that's starting to form. So take note of that. If someone else takes note of that uh, and they're trying to reach out to you, definitely be open. If you trust this person, if they know you and they might know maybe some of the triggers or that you might be feeling a little bit stressed right now, it's okay to confide in someone that you trust. Absolutely. And, you know, definitely be sure to make use of technology. Like we said earlier, connect back home with your friends, with your family, check in with them. Just because you're out having this adventure and you're trying to make new friends and have new experiences doesn't mean that you can't still stay connected with those back home who know you best and can give you that feedback and can give you that reassurance. With these self-check-ins, if you are finding it to be a little bit difficult to adjust, again, that is okay. Uh, but we want to give you some different tools to add to your toolbox that could possibly help you when you're in the different country. I think one way for me personally, when I was studying abroad and even now, one of my favorite go-to methods as far as well-being is uh, journaling. And we talked a little bit about this in the last episode, but I am a huge advocate for journaling. You don't have to be a writer. You don't have to exercise your creative muscle every day. If it depends on what your style is, but um, you can do the narrative style and write a novel if you want. Or if you, for me, especially in some of my friends, sometimes we have a lot of thoughts going really, really fast and we can't capture all of that in a narrative. So sometimes bullet points, that works too. Another thing are sticky notes. Sometimes I keep sticky notes in my purse, in my room, in my office, in my car with a pen. And if I'm feeling a particularly strong emotion, I will write down what I'm feeling uh, and just get it out there and I'll date it as well. I'll crumble it up and then I might throw it into a jar or some kind of archive so that I can like reach in uh, maybe like a year later and see this moment like, oh, I was feeling this. I really came a long way, you know? That's fantastic. I love those ideas. For me, I always find that getting out into nature really helps me disengage, makes me, you know, feel like I'm part of something bigger, kind of makes those problems sort of melt away for a little bit. You know, sometimes you just need to just get out there, take a walk. If you're in the city, even if you aren't anywhere surrounded by nature, or that it's not accessible to you, maybe just, you know, get an iPod or an iPhone or whatever device you have, iDevice you have, and listen to some music and go on a walk for a little bit just to take a break, sort of separate you from whatever is stressing you out and just um, get out there. And it's kind of fun to explore as well. You learn a little bit more, you 
about your new environment. Um, you get to see some things that maybe you wouldn't see normally. And also you get to kind of be like, an, feel like the local there and, and, you know, see another side that maybe you wouldn't see if you were just going for something more touristy. Um, so that would be my, my preferred method and advice for um, de-stressing. But if you have really any practice that you do and engage in, it can be art, it can be mm -hmm. dancing, it can be any sort of exercise or competition, you know, sports, um, find a place where you can do that. Find a sanctuary, find friends who will do that with you and um, use that as a means to, to sort of redirect some of that energy and um, help you again, get back to that feeling of, of balance and feeling of normalcy. It's good you mentioned that as uh, getting back into the social scene, a couple ways you can do that. I mean, there are tons of Facebook groups, especially within the expat community. You can definitely find, uh, like you said, art groups, dance groups. If you're wanting to practice your language, maybe, um, and kind of get your feet wet with learning the different language. They have conversation groups. You can also find different resources that other people use as far as other expats um, or like the locals there. So that's definitely one way. Uh, I believe sometimes city halls, they have different functions and different programs that they offer people. Check that out as well. But it's funny that you mentioned walking and especially being in nature and being in tuned. One thing that I wanted to point out, especially when emergency situations happen or when there's a crisis or essentially when things aren't going your way, is breathing, practicing breathing. It's amazing how when we're children, when we're babies, we know how to breathe properly uh, with our diaphragm, with our stomachs rising up and down. But as we grow older, we tend to breathe having our shoulders and our chest go up and down, which is, is not the correct way you get most of your energy and your breath, the, the good air that you need from here, like in the middle where your diaphragm is, you'll hear that from actors, coaches, public speakers. And we, when you're in that situation, when it's kind of frantic, especially when you're abroad and you're seeing all these different languages and symbols that you don't understand, it gets frustrating, we, we get it. But practicing breathing and going ahead and making a habit of practicing breathing now, it'll be like second nature to you once those situations actually happen. Yes. Oh, I love that you brought that up. Taking a deep breath and taking that moment to clear your head is critical in a crisis <laughs> for sure, but it does wonders just for day to day. Um, I know my my watch tells me all the time I need to do a better job of it. Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> Thank you for sharing those tips. I love it. Yes, definitely. And also one more tip, kind of like you said before, this goes in what you said, exploring, but giving yourself something to look forward to, kind of like a mini challenge, Not, nothing too hard or too lofty because you don't want to make yourself overwhelmed. But if there's a particular restaurant that you've been passing by on your way to class every day, go ahead and check it out at the end of the week. Or if you wanted to go hiking at the certain spot, the certain mountain, go ahead and check it out. I feel like when you're going through the whole culture shock and we'll get into that in a further episode, but when you're in the lows of the culture shock, it can be kind of uh, grueling sometimes because you feel stuck 
But if you have those little challenges, something to look forward to each week or every day, whatever, you know, time frame you'd like to set yourself with, but having something to look forward to that really helps you get more experiences under your belt one, but also gets you out of that stuck feeling. And once you actually do these weekly challenges or daily or monthly challenges, you'll look back and you realize that you actually did a lot while you were abroad. You lived life. Yes. Taking inventory. Exactly. Don't discount all the amazing things that you do and forget about how much you have accomplished by just getting there Mm -hmm. and being in the moment and being in the experience. Mm -hmm. And then of course, there's also eat healthy, drink your water, get enough sleep. (laughs) Those are very important. Yes. (laughs) Don't want to discount those either. Of course. Of course. We all could, I'm sure, improve in one of those areas. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, uh, definitely. Yes. Sleep, especially need to work on that one. Especially when you're having a good time, you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. I'll sleep later. Right. (laughs) Like, oh, probably not the best idea, especially when you're already under the stress of travel. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, those are some of our strategies. We hope you take them. They have worked with us. We've seen them work with others. And you can always, of course, go on Google. There are tons of blogs and vlogs that people do, and they share their strategies as well. So make sure you, again, do your research. (laughs) But so far, we've talked about preparation and also what to do while you're there. But here at KSU, we also like to focus on what you will do after your experience. We want to make sure that you have the resources you can use in order to really flourish and be able to tell your story uh, in job interviews with the people that you come back to, your friends and family. If you like to start a project, telling your story that way. One thing that we recommend is if you were seeing a counselor or a licensed uh, healthcare provider, go ahead and check in with them. Since you already built a rapport with them before you left, I'm I'm sure they'd be curious to see where you're at now, especially if it was a long-term study abroad trip, like an exchange program, a semester or a year, check in with them. Uh, And even if it was a short-term experience, it's good to have someone to unpack all of these events with. Yes. And they definitely want to hear how it went for you. Um, I know I always want to hear how (laughs) things go for our students. And sometimes I I just trust that they had a great time, but um, it's always nice to have that confirmation. It really is. If you're ever wondering, like, I wonder if they're, if they're interested in me or or how it went abroad, we are interested. The answer is yes. (laughs) Yes. Our, our doors are open. Our virtual doors are open. Please feel free. If you even just want to uh, decompress or you're excited about your experiences, we're a listening ear. We are all travelers in global affairs. And once you're a traveler, you're always a traveler. And we are kind of addicted to these travel stories. It kind of gets us excited as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Gives us a a reason to to keep on and doing what we do is we love to hear these stories. That's that's why we're in this field. We want to help you get out there and have these amazing experiences. So um, we are all for hearing how all of your travels go, the good, the bad, but preferably the good. Um, we, We hope that you have an amazing time and we would love to hear about it. You mentioned this before earlier, growth. It's important to know that you probably will come back a little different, which is a good thing. 
it means that you see things a little differently. Uh, it means that you've grown in certain areas of your life that you probably wouldn't have really grown in if you didn't go abroad. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is the the story of the rose-colored glasses and the cultural <laughs> lens and coming back with a, a whole new way of seeing the world and being able to integrate that into your life going forward and have two different worldviews and two different appreciations and um, how that opens up so many doors for you. So we are always excited to hear about how things have changed, how you come back and and see things differently. And um, we do understand that reverse culture shock is a thing as well. So um, we're also here if you want to talk about that experience as well. Speaking of reverse culture shock, when you're coming back from an experience, um, especially our exchange students, it can be a little daunting sometimes adjusting back into the culture that you call home, but it might have changed a little bit while you were away. Uh, which again is normal. It's completely understandable to have those feelings and those emotions. And when you're telling your stories and recounting your adventures that you've had abroad, people will be excited. They'll be intrigued. Uh, But also understanding that because they weren't there with you, they're not going to fully understand what all happened while abroad. Yes. So um, definitely understand that they are eager to hear your story, but that if they haven't actually lived it, haven't experienced it, that they might not quite get the same thing out of it that you do and that that's perfectly fine. And there are other people out there who have gone on study abroad (laughs) experiences who have experienced the same thing and would love to connect. So you can always reach out to us if you are looking to connect with other return travelers as well. Yes, keep connected to the travel community. Again, we it's like a never-ending cycle. <laughs> like we always <laughs> just want to travel and get out there and be adventurous. You can also join different organizations maybe. You might be able to connect with them and further the work that you are doing abroad, but do it here back home. Yes. And so um, I'm really excited that we did talk uh, about the mental health aspect because people do think about it very much as a barrier to access and something that, oh, it's, it's always, you know, bad thing. But a lot of times we're finding that students who go abroad and they're able to manage can sometimes come into their own during these experiences. And so, you know, if you have concerns about that, we're here to listen and, um, goes back to just doing that research on the front end and hopefully having a a great time coming back and then (laughs) being ready to start the process all over again because you've now got the travel bug. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, the travel bug. As Erin said, she put it perfectly. We are here um, to listen. We can also steer you in the right direction should you need uh, other resources. But we really hope you gain something from this conversation. We're trying to add to the conversation, making sure that the study abroad population, they are included within this uh, mental health conversation. But I guess we'll wrap it up here. Thank you all for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We enjoyed talking about it. If you would like more of where to next, go ahead and check out episodes one and two on our website. And make sure to be on the lookout for the next episode so we can talk about where to next.